Bailey Tarot today, and we are on Enterprising People. I have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Nancy Manny, and Nancy is here from Seasons Hospice, and we're going to be talking about some wonderful things about hospice that you may not be aware of and how you could actually participate by volunteering. I am a volunteer. So, Nancy, would you say hello to our listening audience? Hello, Las Vegas. Um, my name is Nancy, and I am um, a multi-faith chaplain and also in charge of the volunteer program for Seasons Hospice here in Las Vegas. Right. And we'd like to thank the show's sponsors. That would be Southern Nevada Water Authority, uh, definitely KCP 88.1 FM, and the Las Vegas Black Image Magazine. And you can get this magazine free at all Smith's markets. So I wanted to make sure that I did that. Nancy, what are some of the myths that you have heard associated with hospice? I think the biggest myth that is out there is that hospice is only for people in their last days of life. And that's just not true. Um, we've had people that uh, they have a terminal diagnosis to be eligible for hospice, you you need to have a, a terminal diagnosis that means you could die within mm-hmm. six months. Um, as you and I know, Nina, that no doctor on this planet can tell you when you're going to die. That moment is a sacred moment. And um, there are many people that come into hospice that improve and they go off hospice. Hospice brings to them a lot of support that they don't get otherwise, um, and that brings about an improvement in their health, in their family's health, and uh, sometimes they don't qualify anymore after uh, six months in the program, and they go on to their life and do other things. But it is it is not for the last days of their lives. Um, and the one thing that this government does really well, in 1986, Congress made permanent the Medicare hospice benefits, and various states were allowed to add Medicaid to cover this. So we're talking about something that you are covered by insurance. This is not an out-of-pocket thing. Um, The hospice team includes a social worker. It includes a chaplain. It includes, of course, the the visiting nurse. It includes home health aides. Um, We, as seasons, have a big difference in that we have music therapists. And also, it includes a volunteer, because I'm a volunteer. Exactly, and a wonderful volunteer you are. Well, thank you. Yeah, and the volunteers offer either or both and or companionship for the patient, Mm -hmm. but also relief for the caregiver. So many caregivers um, don't get out. They, they don't want to leave their loved ones. They don't want to, you know, oh, my God, i got to get groceries. And so the volunteers fill that place. They offer companionship to the patients, but they also offer relief to the caregivers. So things go better for the family. Because caregivers have appointments that they have to go to. Exactly. They have appointments that they need to go to. And sometimes they need a real good time to rest themselves. Completely. Um, it's like when you're on the airplane and they say you put your own oxygen mask on first. Right. Um, you 
can fall into that hole of caring for that sick family member. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of emotion attached to that. But you can't forget about your own life. You can't forget about your own oxygen. And that's where hospice does come in because especially at seasons, we're always taking care of the patients, but we're also always checking with the caregivers and the other family members as to how they're doing. How are they coping? What can we do to support them? And volunteers are a huge piece of that. Well, also, we know that there's another myth that would say that the person who is in hospice is not in charge of their care plan. Wouldn't that be another myth that's out there? That is a complete myth. Um, we as a hospice are patient-centered, and that means that we follow the wishes of the patient. Um, if they're alert and cognitive, we can talk to them about it. This is where the piece of advanced directives of people, when you're healthy, when you're young, when nothing's going on, you put it in writing, what you do and do not want. Mm-hmm. And hospice will go by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might have a random family member who disagrees. Mm-hmm. We always go for the patient. No, these were the patient's wishes. And we'll work with that family member to help them find acceptance in allowing that patient to have the quality of life and the end-of-life experience that they want. And everybody's definition of quality of life is different. Right. And the thing is, is that there's time and there's care, and it's a journey. It is a journey. And they are leading they are leading the they journey. They are leading. They're the ones that make the decisions, and we're the ones that find the support to get those decisions mm-hmm. to be put into place. Mm-hmm. Because in uh, care, there's a lot of expenses. There's a lot of expenses, but that's the other good thing about hospice is that most, if not all, of your medications, your durable medical equipment. Um, and what would be an example of some durable medical equipment, would you be able to give some examples of some of those? A hospital bed. Wow. Um, and some people require the hospital bed with the uh, air mattress so they don't get bed sores. Mm-hmm. Um, anything from the, the seat that goes over a toilet so that they can more easily take care of themselves to medical supplies, gauze, um, Whatever medical supplies are needed, pretty much we provide them. And you have home health aides that go to the person's house to help them with bathing and shaving and showering if they're not able to do it themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or to just help facilitate it if they're still getting around um, Mm -hmm. or a bed bath if that's where the patient is at. It it changes Mm -hmm. as the patient's disease changes. Right. And – There are a lot of people who have all these different types of businesses that are uh, coming about where they uh, say they're offering care. And what would be some of the uh, security measures that uh, a potential employee or a volunteer such as myself would have to go through? Because people are vulnerable in this stage. Wouldn't we agree? People and families are very vulnerable. This is a very emotional time. Mm-hmm. Um, even if everything's laid out there and everybody's like, oh, I know my dad's going to go, mm-hmm. it's still a shock. 
when it happens. Yes. And uh, so that would be anticipated grief. Anticipatory grief. Right. Absolutely. Um, See, I learned a few things. You did. <laughs> You're very good at this. Um, we do have um, things in which um, we talked about fingerprinting. Yes, we do. Background checks. All of our staff and all of our volunteers are um, put through training. Mm-hmm. Um, intensive training and then ongoing training. Yes. Um, we have, uh, we also put in a background check. We put in fingerprinting, uh, that, that takes a, a bit of time to get. Um, and then every year we do a recheck, um, on motor vehicles and, you know, different things in the background so that when a volunteer or a staff member from Seasons comes into your home, mm-hmm. You can trust that this is a trustworthy person. And, uh, and, and this has a, to be completed even before they are able to engage. Exactly. A patient. And as you know, this Nina, is not as you put them in there and then say, oops, something happened and then somebody has to be removed. This has to happen before they are even placed. Exactly. And as you know, it can take time. To go through that initial training, to go, you know, you don't just get your fingerprints and get the answer tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes, it takes some time and that adds to the level of quality of care that the families and the patients are getting, that they can have that trust. And we have volunteers that range in age from in their twenties and they're in school to in their Mm eighties and they're retired and want to help, um, save veterans. Mm -hmm. We have a, Wonderful program to honor veterans, and we have veterans, yourself included. Yes, I am a veteran, and I went and honored the veterans on Veterans Day, and it was absolutely transformative. It was really, really wonderful, and I really enjoyed that. So thank you for allowing me to ride with you. Yes, yes, and that, that we was do. Great. Yeah. So you said there's a veteran component. Also, uh, I understand there's a children component, too, because sometimes children will be uh, in hospice as well. Yes, sometimes children will be in hospice as well. But what's more common for us mm-hmm. um, is that their close family members are in hospice. Right. And we have a foundation, a nonprofit foundation, so that we can do these kind of things that are almost like make a wish for adults or make a wish for children. And we have a program called Camp Kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camp Kangaroo is for children um, who have lost loved ones. And we go into the community when we do it, um, and uh, not just our hospice families, mm-hmm. but we will reach out to social workers for people that have lost their loved ones due to violence or car accidents or whatever. So and you're partnering with the community. We partner with the community, and it is a nonprofit piece because that's where we give back. Mm-hmm. We give back, um, and this program, um, I was blessed to be able to be part of a counseling team for these kids last year in uh, – in Phoenix, and it was amazing to watch these children learn about grief mm-hmm. and loss mm-hmm. and losing a loved one, yet still finding some way mm-hmm. in their own little souls mm-hmm. to connect with that person who's gone. Um, and we had pet therapy, dog therapies, we had horse therapy, we had art therapy, we had all these kind of things that 
I looked at these children, and yes, they're having big losses now. Mm-hmm. But our lives contain many losses as we grow. Right. And a, a loss, as we understand it, is not always associated with a body. Exactly. You know, because um, we understand that a person can become a widow or a widower. Their status changes. Exactly. Uh, they may have to relocate out of their community. So they're all different types of losses. And the thing is, is that grief, as I understand it, is organic to loss. It doesn't have to have a pathology. It doesn't have to be uh, diagnosed as a, as a disorder because it's a natural internal expression to loss. So it's very important that we support those who are in grief. And they're all different forms of grief. Uh, there's a model that most people are aware of that talks about stages of grief, but they don't go in a particular order. You bounce back and forth. Right. And the thing is, is that on this journey, uh, when someone does transition, I understand that seasons will come out for 13 months, even after the transition has taken place, to still support the caregiver do, do I have that exactly. correct? The, the family, whoever in the family is in need. And we do Medicaid, Medicare rules that we must perform it for 13 months. Mm-hmm. We as an organization, Seasons, do it for longer if the family needs it. Okay. Um, one of the things about grief is, as you mentioned, anticipatory grief. Mm-hmm. You start your grieving process when you know, oh, my God, my loved one has a life-threatening disease. Mm-hmm. And you start to grieve Mm -hmm. that that loss could happen. Mm -hmm. The other thing that is important about grief is that grief touches grief. So you're losing, say, your mother is Mm -hmm. very, very ill. Mm -hmm. Well, when you were 15, you lost your grandmother. Right. And for some reason, there's leftover. You were never fully able to process that loss. So the the mourning was uh, stopped for whatever reason. Exactly. And so now we have it rising back up. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that and that is where the trained people in hospice can step in and help the individual get get through and process not only the imminent grief mm-hmm. that is coming mm-hmm. why the patient is on hospice, mm-hmm. but you have to take a look at the holistic of right. the whole person's life. Well, what I was uh, appreciative of when I go out and volunteer is that I have to fill out a sheet That's very important. And my observation can help the next discipline that's coming because it's very important at the time that I'm there um, what I have actually saw and documented because at different times the patient may be more inclined to speak to one person, you know, versus another. But the thing is, is that it's being captured so that we can really be there in the journey. A lot of times uh, in medical environments, say subsequently as a hospital, uh, a doctor will come in and he will uh, have a diagnosis and then he'll give a prognosis and he'll say, well, or she'll say they have uh, anywhere from, you know, a month, maybe six months and that's it. And we've done all that we can do. And people are just in shock. They like, they're very cold. Um, They really didn't explain things to me. Maybe I was just in a different mind space where they were talking to me. 
but I wasn't uh, comprehending. I I was just so overwhelmed, and subsequently, uh, I now have a bad experience when it comes to being told something or that the care and the comfort wasn't there, the dignity and the respect wasn't there, and um, the family members feel very rushed. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a feeling of being rushed in this journey or this process from a hospice standpoint? No. Okay. We very much try and take it as the family um, evolves and as the patient evolves. It's it's very, very individual. Mm-hmm. It depends on the patient's medical condition right? Um, and the family's support, the family's relationship with that patient mm-hmm. and how they're dealing and coping. Mm-hmm. And as you said, we have a whole team and volunteers are a very important part of that team. And uh, the notes that the volunteers give mm-hmm. are shared with the rest of the team. So everybody knows when you walk into a patient, um, it doesn't matter if you're the music therapist or the social worker mm-hmm. or the volunteer, mm-hmm. you have a general understanding of what's gone before you. Mm-hmm. Family, you don't want to confuse the family more right? by asking questions. So oh, what happened yesterday? No, you should know. You're part of the team. You mm-hmm. should know mm-hmm. that this is their home health aid. This mm-hmm. is their nurse. This is their person to go to for uh, spiritual matters mm-hmm. or social work matters. Mm-hmm. And you're able to then be a, a vehicle to keep the team working as a team. Right. Well, you, you mentioned something called spiritual matters. And, uh, you know, I give spiritual care. Uh, one of the things that I do here in our community is I'm a radio host on uh, Christian Talk Radio. I'm on the FM dial. I'm on the AM dial. Uh, I've been doing that weekly uh, in our community since about 2005. Uh, in addition to that, I do spiritual care at a um, alcohol, uh, drug, and substance abuse treatment center. So I'm the person that they come to for spiritual care. So it is, it is definitely a calling for me. And I wanted just to share a little scripture because I think it's important. Uh, I am in Romans uh, chapter 15. I'm in the New King James Version, and I just want to read a, a couple of verses. I'm going to start in verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Verse 5. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Jesus Christ. Verse 6. That you may... With one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it talked about patience and comfort Mm -hmm. and that he's the God of patience and comfort and that we should be like-minded so much to the point that we should give the level of patience and comfort that he has given to us. And I have found that 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 is hospice basically model Mm -hmm. is patience and comfort. It's true. It's true. As a volunteer, you well know, Nina, every single staff member from Seasons that goes in to visit with the patient and the family mm-hmm. checks for four main things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a problem with pain or shortness of breath 
or anxiety that's right. out of the patient's control, right. that staff member needs to get in touch with, unless they're the nurse and they know right. what they're doing, right. to get in touch with the nurse to get that taken care of mm -hmm. because we don't want any patients mm -hmm. that feel – and it shouldn't be. In today's medical world, you should not be experiencing pain out of your control. You should right. not be experiencing shortness of breath that's out of control. Mm -hmm. And there's many measures. But we count on the entire team to check on those things every single visit yeah. and report back. In addition to that – the patient is able to work on doing legacy projects. Absolutely. There are things that they want to say. There are pictures they want to make sure that, you know, family members and friends have. So there are projects that they're actively working on to make sure that they are able to give a level of patience and comfort to those who will go on. This is really a community effort Exactly. And that and that is amazing to me that, you know, we have an opportunity to be right there and every step and they are cheering us on exactly. as much as we are receiving the instruction. They're still the coach. They're still the coach. We have one one very moving legacy project that, that I was involved with was a, a grandmother okay. who raised her granddaughter. She was very young. She, the granddaughter was only six or seven. Mm -hmm. And the grandmother, with the help of the volunteer, mm -hmm. got cards for every birthday until she was 18. Wow. And a card for her wedding day with a personal note or advice or love or whatever for those celebrations that the grandmother knew she wouldn't be present for, but she mm -hmm. wanted a little bit of herself to be there. And that's a legacy. That's a legacy. I still love you. I still I'm seeing you grow into mm -hmm. a woman, mm -hmm. you know, as as this particular young girl. And transitioning is very much a part of the living. Exactly. It's a process. Exactly. And the thing is, is that we have an opportunity to really impact the process mm -hmm. to where it is supporting. It is loving. It is kind. It is patient. And more so than anything is the patient can leave hospice mm -hmm. as their health improves. And if it shouldn't improve, there's dignity. There is definitely. And they had dignity. a say. And they had a say. Right. It, it, it is based it on wasn't their a, wishes. It, it wasn't a third person or where, why is everybody talking about me as if I'm not here? Correct. You know, we we celebrate that you're here. It's patient-centered care. Right. And sometimes that, you know, families can be messy. Mm -hmm. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. There's going to be a lot of, right. oh, Uncle Joe, this, that, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, we all have a rich and diverse mm -hmm. family relationships. Mm -hmm. So when one member of the family is going downhill, has a disease that is life-threatening. Mm -hmm. um, it impacts the whole family, and right. but it impacts every one of those family members mm -hmm. differently. Right. And the, and the thing is, is that, you know, we have a responsibility and an obligation to let people know what it is that you desire. Exactly. And we can all have the talk. Yes, it's not a taboo talk. No. It's an important talk. And we need to be informed. 
We need to be educated. And this is the time when you're feeling good to, you know, get a glove and get in the game, as I would say. Exactly. It's important because, you know, tomorrow it could be different. And we want you to know that Seasons Hospice is here in our community. Mm -hmm. It's locally based. Uh, You can volunteer. There are many disciplines. You would be surprised for you who are out there looking for a different career. You have a lot of experience. Uh, You have a lot of training. And you would be impacting lives for generations to come. Uh, It's not anything to be afraid of. And for those who are uh, passing and spreading misinformation, I challenge you to, you know, go to a hospice organization and say, what exactly is it that you do? Can you give me information? And, you know, they'll be more than happy to give you information. It's not a secret. It's not. It's about the quality of life Mm -hmm. at the end of life. And it doesn't have to be the end of life as we've gone over. Some people come in, they improve, they go off. Some people come in, they change their medical decisions or their agreements, mm-hmm. um, and we honor that mm-hmm. that shifting sand. Right. Well, the thing is, it's like, you know, a living directive. Some people say, do not resuscitate. Some people say, do everything to keep me alive. And those living directives, they change. They can be updated. So, you know, people have uh, different um, decisions that they'll make depending on, you know, what has occurred. And the beautiful thing also about hospice is that should a transition happen, uh, they can help you with uh, your funeral, you mm-hmm. know, with your celebration of life. Uh, they can help you with that. And, uh, you know, I have seen where hospice has come in and officiated and they've done, you know, a wonderful job to honor and to really uplift the family. So. Um, they are able to do that. This is something, you know, that they have a lot of training in. And uh, you being a chaplain and an interfaith chaplain, there are many, uh, you know, disciplines and uh, denominations and, you know, faith choices that, you know, people uh, want to be able to talk to someone that can understand that. Exactly. Without judgment. Exactly. Well, we're coming down to the last part of it. So I just want to make sure that uh, we thank uh, the sponsors again. And Nancy, I need you to give uh, Season's website and maybe a phone number and uh, how somebody can reach out. Um, it's a national organization. So the, the website is www.seasons.org. Our local Las Vegas office uh, is on Russell Road. The phone number is 702-625-625. 9109. And if you have an interest, you have a family member or a friend that has a life threatening disease, um, you can talk to somebody who is trained to see if there's a fit. Um, because if there is a fit, it's going to give you and your family incredible support and will not cost much money because it is mostly covered by insurance. Right. Well, we thank you for coming in, Miss Nancy. Uh, we'd like to wish the listeners a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving and thank our radio sponsors again, Southern Nevada Water Authority, KCP 88.1 FM and Las Vegas Black Image Magazine. 
Kim, have a wonderful time, and I know you'll be back next Tuesday at 9 a.m., and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.